Hey everyone, welcome back to the Period Chats podcast. I'm so excited to spend time with you today. And if you don't know me, my name is Kate. I'm a hormone dietitian. I've got a master's degree in human clinical nutrition, and I'm also the founder of Funkit Wellness. And today we are going to be spending some solo time, one-on-one, me and you, and we are going to be going through the top five vitamins and minerals I look at with patients or clients that I'm working with when it comes to hormone balance. These are non-negotiables, and we're going to talk about how, one, what they do in the body, two, how they're related to hormone balance, and three, how you can find them from real food. Because food first is the approach I always take when it comes to supplementation. So when we are looking at these different vitamins and minerals, it's how can we get them from real food? Because there's so much we still don't understand about vitamins and minerals when it comes to absorption. But what we do know is when we get them from real food, the way nature intended, there's a lot of other benefits like fat, fiber, and protein, other complementary nutrients that are in these foods. There's a lot that goes into it that we can't just isolate out that one thing and take it and expect the same results. The exception to this is if you are seeing a practitioner, you have done lab testing, and they have you on a specific protocol, always feel like you can ask questions, always feel like you can push back, but if you trust them, if you trust the suppliers you're getting the supplements from, that would be the exception. But let's dive in to the real food aspect of this. So number one, vitamin D. This has been thrown around a lot for a lot of different things. Vitamin D does seem to have just a massive impact on our bodies, specifically if we don't have enough of it. But vitamin D is also a hormone, which I think is overlooked a lot of times. I did a poll on Instagram and 65% of people didn't know it was a hormone, which I actually thought to be a lot higher than that because I remember when I found this out, I was like, whoa, this feels like a piece of knowledge that everyone needs to have. So... When it comes to vitamin D, it's interesting because we can get it from the sun, we can get it from our food, and then there also is evidence, you know, obviously if you're really low in vitamin D, supplementation is going to be a huge part of your healing journey. So, you know, of course we're going food first, but this is one specifically when you're really low in something, that's when supplementation does come in, working with a doctor, like we mentioned earlier. So vitamin D is actually influences the synthesis of estrogen and progesterone. So that's got your whole cycle covered. So a quick refresh, first day of your cycle is your period, all then you go into your follicular phase once you stop bleeding, then your ovulatory phase, then your luteal phase, and it starts all over. You know, from days one to 14 of your cycle, we're focusing on estrogen, so menstrual phase and follicular phase. Then after ovulation, we're focusing on progesterone. So that's after ovulation to next period. So days 15 to 28. Vitamin D is influencing both of those hormones. It's also interesting because some of the research has shown people who have PCOS are lower, often lower in vitamin D and the same for Hashimoto's. So there is something there that we don't fully understand yet, but vitamin D is very important when it comes to hormone synthesis. Some ways you can get that in food are fatty fish, like salmon, mackerel, and sardines, fortified dairy, egg yolks, and beef liver. 
Beef liver is one that I know there, I get a lot of questions about it because a lot of people are talking about it on social media. I know there was like that guy who was like obsessed with it. Organ meats can be amazing ways to get a lot of vitamins and minerals, but also we want to be careful with organ meats that we're not eating too much of them because vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin, meaning one, we need to like consume it with fat. That's why you see it in like those fatty fishes, dairy, egg yolks, beef liver, but also our body doesn't have a way to get rid of excess of it. Vitamin D is not the best example because the upper limit of that is still being tested, but things like vitamin E and vitamin A, we definitely know we don't want too much of in the body. So that's just my one cautionary tale with organ meats is they're great. They're really nutrient dense, but we want to treat them like a supplement. So we're moving on next to B vitamins. B vitamins have to be some of the coolest vitamins if I can just nerd out for a moment on vitamins and minerals because, well, one, there's more than one B vitamin. Today, we're only talking about three B vitamins, B6, B9, and B12. They're all really important. But when it comes to research, when I was prepping for my South by Southwest talk two years ago, this is when I completely fell in love with B vitamins because Research has shown that there's just really, we haven't recreated them in these synthetic forms. So there's a research study that showed if you consumed adequate B vitamins through real food, there was a 35% reduction in PMS, but the group that was supplementing actually had an increase in PMS. So this is where I always say be wary of any supplement company that's trying to sell you isolated nutrients because it might not work. And with B vitamins, that's become very clear. So for B6, this is so cool. B6 is actually really important and it's involved in the synthesis of neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine, which we know can influence mood. You know what else can disrupt these neurotransmitters? Progesterone. So it's not surprising that having adequate B6, which is really important for protecting our neurotransmitters, also helps to reduce PMS. Very cool. And vitamin B6 and vitamin E have been studied very closely together. They've been shown to help with breast tenderness, period pain, and then again with the mood. Next, we're going to be talking about vitamin B9, which is folate. And when I was prepping for this episode, I realized we probably need to do an entire another episode on folate versus folic acid and the different genes that can impact the breakdown and the utilization of those because that's a very popular topic that I get asked about. But today let's just talk about folate specifically. So folate is really important in DNA synthesis and repair. And so not to get too into the weeds on that, but that is going to be very important totally aside from hormones, our DNA needs to be repairing itself constantly so that we can stay alive and recreating ourselves and keeping on going. But then if we're thinking about ovulation that we're creating, the human egg is the largest cell in the human body. DNA synthesis is going to be very important for that. And then additionally from there, when we're thinking about reproduction, trying to conceive, we know that adequate folate, folic acid is very important for preventing neural tube defects. And that's why there's the debate about if you have a certain gene, you need to take a methylated folate and then otherwise you can have folic acid. So we're going to do a separate episode on that. Don't, don't you worry. We will come back. Then 
last but not least of the B vitamins, B12. We think about B12 with energy a lot, but it's also, again, really important for nerve function and just general menstrual cycle support. So B12, we're going to want to make sure we have enough of. Um, Hashimoto's, that's another thing that you're more likely to be low in. So keeping an eye out for that is very important. Um, And then some foods we can get it from. Whole grains, so unprocessed whole grains, legumes, eggs, meats, leafy greens, um, leafy green vegetables, bananas, all these delicious things. Next, you've probably heard a lot about iron as someone who has a period because they're like, oh, you're going to be low in iron. You're losing iron every month. Yeah, that's true. So let's get into that. So iron is actually essential for the synthesis of estrogen and progesterone, but it also helps with the formation of red blood cells and transporting oxygen through our bodies. Think about that right there. That nutrient is responsible for so many different things, but just the fact that transporting oxygen through the body is like a key foundation of just staying alive. So number one, that's why iron is important. But then two, it's also involved in the synthesis of those very important hormones throughout your entire menstrual cycle. And as we know, if you're bleeding every single month, you are losing iron and you do want to replenish those stores. So let me tell you how. Um, Red meats, which a lot of people already know about, poultry, seafood, lentils, beans, tofu, fortified cereals. Again, not the biggest fan of those, but I do like to throw them in here because, you know, they are food, but it's questionable. We'll see. And pumpkin seeds. And so when it comes to iron, we I would really, really be remiss if I didn't explain to you guys the difference in iron from meat and iron from plants. And so iron from meat is heme iron. Iron from plants is non-heme iron. If you're eating iron from plants, we just want to also make sure we have vitamin C. Think of a lock and key situation. Vitamin C is helping to unlock the iron in the body so it can be properly absorbed. So we want to, for instance, if you're making a smoothie with spinach or kale, throw some berries in there. If you've got a beautiful salad, throw a lemon vinaigrette. We just want to constantly be thinking about how can we pair iron and vitamin C. Next, magnesium, which you've probably heard about for sleep and maybe hormones too, but over half the population in the U.S. is deficient in magnesium. So this is a very important one to talk about. Additionally, magnesium is responsible for over 500 reactions in the human body. That is insane. And then a couple of those, a lot of those are hormonal reactions and hormone synthesis. So it also can help to alleviate PMS symptoms like bloating and insomnia and mood swings. But then it also is important for muscle relaxation. And we need to remember that our uterus is a muscle and it's important for mood. So 10 out of 10 for magnesium ways you can get that again, leafy greens, leafy greens are just very nutrient dense. That's why we're talking about them a lot today. Um, leafy greens, nuts and seeds, specifically pumpkin seeds. You guys know pumpkin seeds. If you seed cycle, you already know whole grains and dark chocolate. Last but not least, we have zinc. Zinc, especially during the pandemic was very well, First and talked about with its immune benefits, but it also potentially plays a role in egg formation and release, aka ovulation. It's also important for the synthesis of estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. 
And zinc has antioxidant properties that help protect cells from cell damage. The research, if if it helps protect the egg during ovulation, it's not as well formulated or that's not the right word. It's not as clear if that is directly what happens, but it is important for, you know, synthesis and those other reactions we were talking about when it comes to ovulation and hormones. And some ways you can get zinc are oysters, red meat, um, poultry, beans, nuts, whole grains, dairy products, and then also sesame seeds. So that's my wrap up of five quick and dirty nutritional tips I have when it comes to vitamins and minerals. Of course, we're focusing food first. If you can, I really do recommend getting micronutrient testing done. I think it's really important because I can sit here all day long and tell you, here are the five things that are important, but really we want to talk about customizing it to you. So if you can, I'm a big, big fan of getting that testing done. Tests don't guess, but it doesn't hurt to get these things in your diet and get them from food-based sources so you know exactly what's going on. If you have a local farm in your area and you can get some of these things from a local farm too, I really recommend that. If you're in Austin, I go to Boggy Creek Farm and I feel like their greens specifically are just so much more delicious and nutrient dense. So thank you guys for hanging out with me. Thanks for this solo episode. I'm always so excited to sit down and just kind of share my download from the week of what I've learned that I want you to know. And I'd love to hear from you guys. If you love this podcast, like sending it to your friends or leaving a review are two like free ways you can support so we can keep doing it. And we really, really appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time to spend time with me every week. So I look forward to next week and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.